This is Contractor Sense with Ruth King. Welcome to Contractor Sense. Here you discover ideas, tactics, news, and information that matters to your contracting business and you. I'm your host, Ruth King. This episode is sponsored by HVAC Trustbooks. Go to HVACTrustbooks.com to discover how this tool can help you close more sales. Thank you for joining us. Here is how we will help your business and you today. How do we salvage 2020 profitably? In the next three podcasts, I will give you some simple things you can do from a general, a marketing, and a financial standpoint. Let's get started. First, you must have profitability. Not profits, not losses, profitability. Well, what's the difference? Well, profitability is sustained profits. You you know, in a lot of contracting companies, you have profits one month or when it's really, really busy, and then you have losses when it's in between seasons or customers aren't calling. So you have revenue and profit and then revenue and losses. So the reality is if you have profits and losses and profits and losses and subsequent months or three months of profit and one month of loss or two months of loss and three months of profit and two months of loss, that's not good. What we want is sustained profits or profitability. So profitability just means continuous profits year after year. Now, almost every contractor I know and work with has one or two months out of the year, which are generally not great. They may be slightly losses or they might you know, make a break-even type things. If you're looking at it on a year-to-year basis and you're profitable and really profitable 10 months out of the year and this year is more profitable than last year and the year before was more profitable than the year before, you're okay. I mean, your profitability is increasing. You can come to expect a month or two during the year, which are not going to be great. But as a general rule, you're in a situation where your profitability is increasing, which is exactly what you want to go. And why do we want this? You know, why do we want profitability? Well, first of all, it gives you the cash that you need to survive and grow. Without profitable sales, you don't have positive cash flow. Does not happen. And it gives you also, when you have positive cash flow and continuous profits, gives you the ability to experience the freedom to do the things that you want to do and basically have choices, which you don't have many of if you're not profitable. Now, what you know, some of you might be thinking right now, oh gosh, this business is a boat anchor around my neck. Every once in a while, I get an email from somebody who is just not happy, not happy with business, not happy with life, not happening. You know, life's too short from my perspective. But if you really hate what you're doing and you really hate your business, and I'm not talking about we all have those rotten days or those rotten weeks or have said, oh my gosh, I'm so glad this month is over um, type thing. Yeah, and you're really not happy, go find something else to do. You know, don't let this be a boat anchor around your neck. Now's the time to decide if you're going to, you know, get rid of the boat anchor. And, you know, the only way you want a boat anchor is if it's mooring your boat near a place you want it to be. So hopefully you are happy with business. You know, it's been challenging for all of us for the past couple of months, but it's now time to look forward and now time to look at things that we can be doing to help salvage 2020. And profitability is the first one of the things that you need to do. Okay, so that's number one. Number two is you must save cash. No questions about it. You have to save cash. 
you know, some of you got the PPP loans and think about it. Even for those of you who got the PPP loans, it took two months or thereabouts for them to be approved. So what did you do for cash for the two months? I mean, if you were in some of the states where they literally shut everything down and the only thing that you were allowed to do as an essential service was provide emergency service rather than you know regular service, you had not a whole lot of revenues for a couple of months. You still needed the cash to survive. So from that perspective, you absolutely have to have, from my perspective, three months of operating cash in a savings account at all times. Not, you know, I don't look at it anymore as, okay, maybe we want six months of payroll or something else like that. You need to be able to operate for three months with no revenues coming in the door. How can you do it? And, and that's assuming your overhead stays the same and it's assuming your employees stay the same. If you have the amount of cash in a savings account, then you're okay. I had one of my clients say to me, I am so glad that you made us start putting money away a couple of years ago. I have X number of dollars in the bank and I have Y number of dollars here and I can survive this thing. And he was like, he said, I'm not stressed out about it because I have the cash to be able to survive. And that's where you really and truly need to be too. You've got to know that there's enough cash in the bank that if everything just died, like it did in some areas in the country for a couple of months, you can survive. And the only way to do that is to start saving cash. Okay. So what I would suggest is that you save a minimum of 1% that comes in the door. And to rebuild your savings, I suggest 2%. And what I'm going to talk about after we get back from the break is different ways that you can save that 1% or that 2%. However, if you think about it, if you're average service ticket is $150. And I'm just going to use $150 because that's a nice even number. Then, you know, 1% of $150 is $1.50. 2% is three bucks. If you can't add $1.50 or three bucks to $150 service ticket, we have a problem. So, it, you know, adding one or two percent to to revenues once you determine the net profit per hour you want and, and go backwards and figure out your revenues, adding one or two percent generally is not a problem. The key is to put that one or two percent away. And we'll talk more about that when I get back from break. So thanks for listening to Contractor Sense. I'll be right back. Do you ever have warranty leak issues? One of Ruth King's clients did about four years ago. Thousands of dollars in expense and unhappy customers. She solved this problem for him though. How? With a leak letter that every customer must sign with a service technician discovers a refrigerant leak. Once they implemented the letter, there were no more warranty leak headaches. No warranty leak callbacks. Happier customers. The surprising result was more replacement sales too. To get a copy of the leak letter for free, just send Ruth an email at ruthking at hvacchannel.tv. That's ruthking at hvacchannel.tv. You can't. That's what my daughter Kate told me when I said I wanted to make financials fun. The gauntlet was laid down. The red blanket was waved in front of the bowl. Ronin the rubber duck was born. This ebook is a whimsical look at financials from a duck's perspective. To get this fun, easy to read Kindle book, go to Amazon and search for Ronin the rubber duck dives into financials. That's R O N A N, the rubber duck dives into financials. 
Let me know if I made financials fun for you. Welcome back. I have started the whole process of how to salvage 2020 profitably. And that's what we really want to do. And that's where we really and truly want to go. So first, the thing is you've got to have profitability, i.e. continuous profits. And we talked a lot about that before the break, or I talked a lot about that before the break. And once we have profitability, i.e. continuous profits, the second thing is that you have to save cash. And before the break, I started talking about saving one or 2% and adding the one or 2% to your costs of service or your cost of an installation or your cost of a project. And, you know, even if your project is $10,000, you know, adding $200 to it, which is 2%, that should not make the difference between make or break with respect to a specific job. You might say it does. However, I would challenge you to say, well, then you're not providing the value for your products and services that the customer trusts you and trusts that what you're gonna do is valuable for that person. So that's my answer to $200 is too much on $10,000. It really and truly is not. So let's let's take that and, and let's work it backwards. You know, let's assume that you have determined the revenues you need and you've added your 2%. So let's assume it's 20 bucks. Before the break, I gave you the example of a dollar fifty or three dollars on a service ticket. So let's let's take the three dollars on the service ticket, and we're now charging one hundred and fifty-three dollars on average, rather than one hundred and fifty dollars. You know, use the numbers that you have for your average service tickets. I'm going to use this because some of you are probably driving, and it's really easy to remember three bucks in your head. And let's assume that you do uh, five service. Let's do four service calls a day, which is 20 service calls a week times an extra $3, which is $60. So at the end of the week, you should have collected COD for all of your service calls if you're residential. If not, you're going to have to track it a little bit more. And you have an extra $60 that you wouldn't have had last week because you've added 2% to your, your revenues. That $60 gets transferred out of your operational account and gets put into your savings account. And so that's this week's $60. And then next week, you'll do at least another $60, hopefully. So that's $120 in your savings account. And then by the third week, we add another $60. So we're at $180 in your checking account. And the fourth week and the last week of the month, we add another $60. And so that's $240 in your savings account. In a month. And you're going, that's not very much. You're right. $240 is not going to be your three months of overhead or your three months of operating cash that you need. But how many months can you do $240? You know, within within four months, you're going to have $1,000 saved. And within, you know, it just goes on and on and on and on. And before you know it, you have $10,000, $20,000, $50,000 saved up. And then the temptation comes. Oh boy, I've got $50,000 in the bank. What am I going to do with this? And you go to the big boy's toy store. Or for those of you who are women, you go to the big girl's toy store. Either or. And there goes your $50,000 or your $10,000 or your $100,000 or whatever. You bought this really cool toy. Bad move. You really and truly want to save that so that you can use it the next time something crazy happens. 
All right. So the key is that you put money away in your savings account. It starts a little bit and you just keep adding to it every month and every single year. Now, those of you who with who have residential maintenance customers, put at least 25% of the revenues in the savings account. If you can do 100%, that's even better and that's great. Uh, those of you who have commercial maintenance customers, put at least 2% of that maintenance revenues into that savings account. It really and truly does pay off. Just do it. It's not hard to do, but it's also, you have to have the discipline to do it. All right, so we've talked about number one, which is making sure that you have continuous profitability. Number two is you have to save cash. And number three is to have no more than 20% of your revenues from one customer in one or in one industry. So at the beginning of the pandemic, one of my customers had 80% of his revenues from the restaurant industry. And we all know what's happened to the restaurant industry. It's dead for all intents and purposes, unless you want takeout. That will come back and that will hopefully, you know, predictions are, you know, at least 25% of the restaurants will never reopen, but who knows, you know. I don't have a crystal ball and nobody nobody else does either, so that's just a guess. But anyway, you know, 80% of your revenues basically evaporate in a matter of weeks. So what do you do? You know, what actually what he did was he went around and said, OK, what companies and what type of industries are still in business? Where can I go talk to people? What can I do? And he actually found companies who were still operating and got customers in those industries. And that actually saved his company. So one thing, no more than 20 percent of your revenues from one industry. But the, you know, the same thing might be true for 20% of your revenues from one customer. Suppose one of your techs made that customer mad or you know he had two miserable service experiences and nobody bothered to follow up. I've seen this happen over and over and over again. And all of a sudden that customer who represented 50, 60, 70, maybe 80% of your revenues went bye-bye. You're scrambling. So suppose he went bankrupt. I mean, there's so many reasons a customer may or may not use you anymore, some of which you have no control over. He goes bankrupt. There's not a whole lot you can do. So it's really, really important not to have more than 20% of your revenues from one customer or 20% of your revenues from one industry. It's time to spread the work that you do around. Yes, you want to be known in specific niches, but make sure that you have at least five niches. So if you're going to do restaurants, you know, do something else where you have a niche. Maybe you do all the banking buildings in the area. Maybe you do all of the medical facilities that are freestanding. Maybe you do all the vet clinics or all the hair salons. I mean, there's lots of niches out there that need us. However, you just have to go find the niches and make sure that you, you know, if you're really good in one niche, it's time to start looking for another niche. Okay, so here are the first things, three things that you need to do. Number one, continuous profitability. You've got to be profitable. Number two, you have to save cash. Save 2% of every dollar that comes in the door and at least 25% of your maintenance agreement revenues. And number three, no more than 20% of your revenues from one customer or one industry. 
it's now time to build it and it start go knock on doors and we'll talk about marketing next time. Thank you for joining us. Choose one thing that you discovered and implement it in your business. These ideas, tactics, and strategies help you make more money, have more free time, and give back. If you like today's program, spread the word. Please review this podcast on any device you're listening to it on. Help a fellow contractor make more money too. For comments or questions, call me at 770-729-0258 or email ruthking at hvacchannel.tv. Thanks for listening. Have a great and profitable day.